On today's episode of Locked On Boston Bruins, we conclude our look at the team's end-of-season media availabilities. Yesterday, it was team president Cam Neely, and ooh boy, was it a doozy. Let's get into it. You're Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Bruins fans, and welcome back to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. I'm your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a daily show where we discuss all things spoke to be, as well as take a look around the NHL. Today is Friday, May 20th, and I want to thank you so much for making Locked On Bruins part of your day. The podcast is free and available on all platforms, as well as on YouTube, so please do hit that subscribe button on both the audio and video portions that will be greatly appreciated. If you are on Twitter, you can find the podcast at Locked NHL Bruins. Same on Instagram. And you can find me, my dad jokes, and hockey tweets at Ian C. McLaren. So earlier this week, we are all week actually, we've been breaking down Boston's first round loss to the Carolina Hurricanes. What the players were saying after their... Uh, exit interviews with the coaching staff and management, what head coach Bruce Cassidy had to say, what general manager Don Sweeney had to say, and on Thursday, it was Cam Neely's turn to meet with the media, and he had a lot of interesting things to say. He began, or he said that, Ownership is disappointed with how this season went. It's one thing to get into the playoffs, another thing to lose in the first round. It's disappointing, especially when you have a year that we had. They knew the East was going to be tough. They knew that whoever they met in the first round was going to be a challenge. But they all felt they could have gotten by Carolina. All it took was one win on the road. Uh, They knew it was going to be a tough, long series. So ownership, disappointed, and rightfully so, according to Cam Neely. You know, you can argue that Boston's ownership disappointed, not because they weren't able to challenge for a Stanley Cup per se, but more disappointed that they weren't able to get more home dates in the playoffs. We all know, you know, the Jacobs family owns a sports and entertainment business that has taken a hit through the COVID-19 pandemic, and I'm sure they would have liked to have at least a couple more home dates in order to recoup some of those losses. I don't know if that, how much that translates into actual hockey passion for the ownership, but we know the Jacobs family always concerned about the bottom line first. Now, having said that, uh, Cam Neely 
has been talking with Jeremy Jacobs and his son Charlie Jacobs about extending general manager Don Sweeney. That's the plan. That's the Jacobs plan. And all that's left to do is sit down with Sweeney in the next day or two and hopefully hammer something out. Uh, Sweeney's contract is set to expire. And Neely was asked why an extension wasn't done sooner. And he said he wanted to see how the year went. A lot of changes last offseason. And he wanted to see how that played out. Obviously, it was a bit of a slow start. A lot of these new players, uh, you know, getting used to the system, getting used to the city. But January, February, March were very good months for the Boston Bruins. The team really came together. And they nearly thought they had a lot of depth. And he was happy with what the Bruins did at the trade deadline. Uh, you know, they brought in Hampus Lindholm. They brought in Josh Brown. You can look back at the deadline and say, especially in light of Game 7, hindsight is twenty twenty. but you look at a guy like Max Domi who was available. He was a huge factor in Game 7. You wonder if they should have done more to bring in some forward depth. But that's just me. I don't know if you can be completely happy with what Don Sweeney did at the trade deadline, but he's going to be extended, and whatever happens moving forward over the next few years, at the very least, will be in his hands. Now on getting a power forward type, Neely said it would have been great to have someone like that. There's no question. Every team would love that. The teams that have them, they hang on to them. They don't let them go. It's just a matter of the scouting department going to work and trying to find someone for us. Again, Max Domi was right there. Um, not necessarily true that if you have one, you don't let them go. The Bruins, of course, let Milan Lucic go, or, or they traded him at the very least. So... Um, and the Bruins had, you know, Nick Ritchie. They tried with Nick Felino, David Backus. Uh, they just haven't been able to find that guy that can get to the inner parts of the scoring areas and try to disturb the opposition's netminder. And that was a big point of focus for uh, Cam Neely and whether or not um, they were able to create those scoring chances that they needed in the uh, in the playoffs specifically, and Neely did have a lot to say about the coaching staff and what comes next for the Boston Bruins. We'll get into that here in a moment, but first, a quick word about Built Bar. I don't know about you, but I love brownies. And you know what I love more? Brownie batter. Sometimes I eat half the batter just while I'm making the brownies. Imagine if you could lick the brownie spatula clean and get some protein in it. Well, you're in luck because Built Bar has a new creation, and this one is better than ever. The brownie batter puff. That's right. 
This puff takes protein bars to a whole new level, and they're available right now at Built.com. With 140 calories, 17 grams of protein, only 7 grams of sugar, the Brownie Batter Puff is the perfect pick-me-up for any day. They're covered in 100% real chocolate, so you can eat healthy and enjoy doing it. They also have a collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. Go to Build.com right now, use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Thank you again for making Locked On Bruins part of your day. For your next listen, I recommend the Locked On Now podcast. It's a daily recap of the previous night's events from our local experts. Also free and available in your podcast apps. So what really made some noise yesterday from Don Sweeney's media availability is his comments about the coaching staff. He said he and Don Sweeney are going to connect. Sweeney has meetings coming up with the coaching staff. Uh, He hasn't really talked to Sweeney about it yet. And Sweeney has given him no indication as to whether any coaching changes will be made. Only because he's probably not sure what his situation was. So once he gets signed then he will have a say in any potential coaching changes. Neely did say he thinks the Bruins have to look at making some changes as far as how they play and the way they do some things. He thinks Bruce is a fantastic coach. He's brought a lot of success to the organization. He likes him as a coach. But... He said, I do think we need to make some changes. And he thinks Bruce also alluded to that. So we'll see where that goes with that. Now, a lot of people were reading into that and saying they're making a coaching change. How can they extend on Sweeney and not keep Bruce Cassidy. Bruce Cassidy did what he could with the personnel that was given to him. Fired on Sweeney. Keep Bruce Cassidy. I think it's a bit more nuanced than that. I think uh, you can say, easily say that, you know, Bruce Cassidy made some adjustments in January, shuffled some pieces around. And got the most out of the roster that Don Sweeney put together. You also have to give credit to Don Sweeney for bringing those pieces in. Again, a lot of roster turnover between last year's trade deadline and this year. Like something like eight, ten new faces, all needing to find their spots in the lineup, figure out their roles, and kind of go from there. So you can see where Bruce Cassidy deserves a lot of credit, but it also speaks to the pieces there and time being needed to figure it all out. The Bruins were a top five team from January 1 to the playoffs. Uh, So the blame isn't exclusively on the coach 
or on the GM as much as we kind of want to make it uh, perhaps black and white in that sense. Um, Cam Neely on if a lack of secondary scoring or getting to the inside of the ice is more a personnel or a coaching decision. He said it's a combination of both. Uh, he thought they tried to have clean breakouts, rightfully so, play that north-south game. They try to be a rush team, but at times, especially a team like Carolina, they're going to stand up. They're not going to give you too many opportunities to have chances off the rush, so you have to create chances elsewhere. And I think Neely was saying they don't necessarily need to change the coach, but they need to change how they make adjustments on the fly. If something isn't working, then you have to figure out other ways to create that offense. He said there's times when players need to be more reactive out there instead of thinking about this is how we have to play. Sometimes on the power play, for example, Neely found it frustrating when they would continue to try to gain the zone the same way with the same results that weren't as good as they could have been. Turning pucks over at the blue line because you're trying to beat guys one-on-one or one-on-two, it's tough to do in this league. He thinks a little different philosophy of when to dump pucks in and chase and go after it, try to grind it out down below the dots and get inside the dots and try to create chances that way. So it's not a, a condemnation of Bruce Cassidy's system per se. Obviously, it focuses on complete team defense. Uh, you have guys on the back end who can get the puck up to the forwards. You don't want to get them too involved and then sacrifice defensively. You know, we saw in the Carolina series there were Opportunities the Bruins had to break through. They didn't cash in on those. Post here, a two-on-one that was saved by Ranta there. They weren't able to cash in on those opportunities when they were able to break through Carolina's defense. What Neely's saying is, if you're consistently being denied entry, you have to figure out other ways to get in the zone. And when you're down, like they were in those road games, it's a different style when you're playing uh, from behind or with a lead. You have to play smart, protect the puck, not turn it over when you have a lead. But when you're trying to create chances and they're not coming off the rush, you have to find ways to create elsewhere. So maybe Sweeney and Neely feel that Bruce Cassidy's in-game adjustments need a bit of work. Obviously, his system largely works. Uh, the Bruins are a very strong defensive team, but there's no question that they have trouble scoring 5-on-5, five five, and then when the power play is not working, you get into even more trouble, as it was late in the regular season, right? So, is that something that Bruce Cassidy is willing to kind of bend on? Is it something that a new assistant coaching staff could bring to the table? I mentioned, you know, Mark Savard. 
Right now, he's coaching the Windsor Spitfires in the OHL uh, Western Final. We all know his offensive creativity, his power play acumen. He would be a fantastic addition to the coaching staff. I'd love to see Mark Recchi come as well. He was, uh, you know, coaching the or assistant coach for the uh, New Jersey Devils. And um, he could be a great addition as well. Again, Neely, his initial reaction is the playoffs gave him some indication that they've got to do a little better job of getting inside the dots and maybe not try to have such a rush mentality. He thought they were getting a little stubborn at times, turning pucks over at the blue line, whether it was an entry on the power play or five on five. At times, you've got to take what's given to you, and sometimes you've got to dump it in, go get it, and grind it out. Now, is that just his old school mentality speaking? Is that because there's a lack of speed and skill up front for the Boston Bruins? And are those more personnel issues than what uh, Bruce Cassidy can get out of them? It's a it's a it's a tricky one, you know. It's it's not all on the coach for sure. It's not necessarily all on Don Sweeney either. Uh, I would say he does have a decent trade record. Signing, drafting, not so much. Overall, I would say Bruce Cassidy has done an amazing job getting the most out of what he's been given. And it would be unfair to scapegoat him for Boston's failings uh, over the past few years in the postseason. So I think he deserves to come back, perhaps with some new assistance. Um... But it certainly seems as though he's a bit on the hot seat. And if things get off to a slow start again next season, you could see a coaching change. Now, if they were thinking of making a change, there are some candidates uh, out there. Uh, Barry Trotz, Pete DeBoer uh, among them. But uh, hopefully, if they're going to keep Sweeney, then Sweeney's going to make the right decision and not sacrifice Bruce Cassidy for his failings in terms of drafting skilled players to complement the core that was already in place. You know, Sweeney's done a good job of setting the Bruins up for success from the back end out. Jeremy Swayman, Charlie McAvoy, Hampus Lindholm, Matt Grizzlick, Brandon Carlo. That's a Linus Allmark, those are great pieces on the back end. You have some great pieces up front. Patrice Bergeron we'll talk about here in a moment, but still Brad Marchand, Pasternak, Taylor Hall. Uh, you got Fabian Lysel coming up. Um, a failure to, like, look at it this way. If you have Alex DeBrinkett instead of Trent Frederick, are you f- struggling to score this much? If you have Matt Barzal instead of Zach Sinitian, are you struggling to score this much? Um, probably not. So, 
a large part of it is on Sweeney for sure. But I do think it's fair to say that if you're constantly running into a brick wall, you have to try to get the puck over that wall and go around to try to generate some chances. And that's what Don Sweeney was saying about the coaching staff. And I think that's a somewhat fair criticism, but it doesn't mean Bruce Cassidy should lose his job. Before we get on to what uh, Neely had to say about Patrice Bergeron's future, possibly moving into a rebuild, a quick word about Bet Online. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. You can find all the latest odds, news, sports developments, including Stanley Cup playoffs, basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, UFC fights, even some NFL futures. Head to the website today. Use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action at Bet Online, your continued source for all sports wagering information from live betting, playoffs, esports, and more. That's Bet Online, where the game starts. Now, obviously, Neely doesn't have any insight as to what Patrice Bergeron is going to do. He said he understands that the Bruins have decisions to make coming up here. So, obviously, with him in the lineup is different than without him. The year that he had, Neely hopes he feels good about his game still because we all know he had a pretty damn good year. Hopefully, he's mentally prepared to have another one, two, but you've got to give him some time to digest all that, talk with his family about it, and, of course, if he decides to retire, the Bruins have some decisions to make coming up as well. It would be challenging to have a season the Bruins just had without a Bergeron. It's tough to find a Bergeron. Hopefully he does come back, Neely said. We all echo that. But if he doesn't, we've got to go to work. He was asked if there's an appetite for a rebuild if Bergeron doesn't come back. This is what he said. He's been looking at that for a while now. As your core players and your better players start to age out, you do have to look at that. But they do have some good young players in the lineup that hopefully continue to grow and hopefully they continue to add to that. But it's something you think about. In 2019, he said we lose in seven in the final. 2020, they're leading the league and then the world falls apart due to the COVID-19 pandemic. He said they've got to be better. They needed to be better last playoffs against the Islanders. He thought this year he honestly felt really good that they were going to get by Carolina in Game 7. Knew it was going to be a tough series 5-on-5, but they didn't draw any penalties in Game 7 to give them a chance for their better players to produce on the power play. And those are things they have to look to improve upon. Uh, He's not sure if fans would accept a rebuild. Nobody really wants to watch losing hockey. This is a rebuild where you're like tearing everything down and purpose, not purposely, but losing with a purpose. He said the plan is not to start losing. You look at teams across the league that have lost a lot of hockey games over the last number of years, continue to be in rebuilds. They get better draft picks and ultimately better players, but He thinks they've done a pretty good job in the last 10, 11 years of trying to stay in that window to win. 
it does eventually catch up to you. But they do have some good young players in the lineup, he thinks, coming up that they can hopefully build around in the next couple of years so that they don't have to do a complete rebuild. You know, you look at Charlie McAvoy coming into his prime, Hampus Lindholm signed for the next eight years, a young goalie in Jeremy Swayman, David Pasternak hopefully will be extended, um, Fabian Lysel coming up. You look at these pieces and think, yeah, you can build around those. Got to get some centers. Um, again, perhaps it's worth exploring a Brad Marchand trade if Bergeron does not come back. But uh, we'll talk about that more next week. No question that when you're trading prospects and picks to try to continue to give you a better chance to win, it sets you back a bit. So it's a delicate balance of going for it and also understanding that you're sacrificing a little bit of your future. So that's uh, basically the crux of what Cam Neely had to say. There is some uncertainty as to whether Bruce Cassidy will be back based on his comments, but I read it more as in they need to kind of change the the way they coach as opposed to changing the coach. He even said that, changing how we coach, not necessarily changing the coach. It's a big, a small difference, but also a big difference at the same time. Once Don Sweeney gets his extension, will he exercise his power to make a coaching change? Will he give Bruce Cassidy... One more go at it. You know, it's usually the case where the, the coaches let go first. Sweeney's only made one coaching change so far in his time as general manager, replacing Claude Julian with Bruce Cassidy. You kind of get maybe two coaching changes before it reflects more on you than on the coach. So I could see a scenario where Cassidy is let go if they struggle early on next season, or certainly if they lose in the first round again next year, or don't even make the playoffs. Uh, and then the heat will be on Don Sweeney for sure. That's just the way things generally go. Anyways, I hope you've enjoyed these um, kind of post-season comment breakdowns this week. Uh, next week, we'll start to... Uh, look at some of the questions facing the Bruins this offseason. Maybe start to look ahead to the draft. Um, but for now, that's it for this week's episodes. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you all have a great, uh, great weekend. It's a long weekend up here in Canada. We are going to be um, having a family barbecue and going to the Blue Jays game tonight. And it uh, should be a, a fun weekend. So I hope you have one as well. And thanks again for checking out the Locked On Bruins podcast this week. Check out the Locked On NHL podcast as your next listen. And uh, have a great weekend, friends. And we'll talk to you again on Monday.